We are talking to Sepo Lekokotla, one of the directors here at Van Felden Duffy, regarding vicarious liability and the recent court case that dealt with the principal. Um, the case uh, that uh, we asked Sepo to have a look at is Stallion Security PDY Limited against uh, Van Staden. Um, I think it was a decision of the Supreme Court of Appeal. Am I right, Sepo? Yes, you are right, Folger. It was the Supreme Court of Appeal that delivered this decision. Okay. But yeah, maybe we can, for the sake of the listeners, first in principle um, discuss, you know, what does vicarious liability mean for an employer? Well, vicarious liability is a legal principle in terms of which an employer can be held liable for the wrongful conduct of, of uh, its employee. If such conduct, wrongful conduct, uh, lead, leads to damages by a third party, that third party can sue both the employee and the employer for such damages. Okay. So the main thing is there must be an employee-employee relationship. That's the first thing. Uh, and the second thing is that uh, there must be a wrongful conduct by such employee, not the employer, but the employee. Okay. So let's say an employer sends his employee to drop off uh, certain documents for him uh, and the employee skips the red robot, he's negligent, uh, there's a big accident, a lot of damages flowing from that, then uh, the employer would be in principle liable for the damages uh, uh, caused by that employee, even though the employer wasn't negligent. That is correct, Volker. Uh, the, 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 the test is never about the negligence of the um, uh, employer or the conduct of the employer, but it is about the employment relationship. Now, in the example you just gave, that employee is feathering the interest of the employer. And because of that, that employer would be liable for, for the damages caused by that employee. Okay. But yeah, let's maybe get back to this uh, stadium security case. Uh, what are the facts of the case? What happened? Well, in this case, Stalin Security is a security company that offers security services. And in this particular case, they had a contract with uh, Bitvest Pavilion to offer security services to three of its sites. And uh, the Stalin Security employed a Mr. Kumalo as a site manager. This Mr. Kumalo was a manager to all three sites. Now, what this meant was that Mr. Kumalo had to do regular inspections uh, of the security guards that were on duty at those sites. He could make unannounced visits to those premises, mainly the reason being to make sure that the security officers are doing their job to make sure that uh, everything is still safe at those premises. He would inspect the interior of the building, so he had access to the interior of on all three sites. Uh, one of the buildings was the head office of uh, this Bitvest Pavilion. He had access to the interior of that building, and he was also provided with an override key, which meant that he could access uh, these areas without any record thereof. He also had uh, access to the biometric system of Bitvest, which means that he could access the, 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 the premises just like all the other employees of, Bit, of uh, Bitvest. But because of this override key, he had more access than any other person uh, uh, um, uh, that is security officers and other employees. Now, at some stage, this Mr. Kumalo decided to rob Bitvest because he had heard that there is a petty cash box at the head office. He went there, uh, he knew that a Mr. Van Staden would be working late because he frequently worked late. So he planned to force Mr. Van Staden to open the petty cash box 
and, and to rob the place. On arrival there, he pointed his firearm at Mr. Van Staden. Uh, he robbed Mr. Van Staden and later shot and killed Mr. Van Staden. Now, there's no dispute about as to whether he did kill Mr. Van Staden or not. He admitted that himself. Now, Ms. Van Staden, the widow of Mr. Van Staden, decided to sue uh, Stallion Security uh, for loss of support. She succeeded in the High Court. And the High Court found that because of the, the, the access that Mr. Kumalo had to the Bidvest premises, uh, he had an opportunity to commit the offense that he otherwise could not have committed if he did not have that kind of access. Uh, Mr. Van, uh, Ms. Van rather succeeded in the High Court, and that is when Stalin uh, Security decided to appeal the matter to the Supreme Court of Appeal. And they failed in the Supreme Court of Appeal because the Supreme Court still uh, ruled in favor of Ms. Van Staden. Okay. Uh, and, and what did the Supreme Court of Appeal then uh, find? Well, the Supreme Court looked at a few factors. They said that uh, in, in making a determination in a case like this, the, the, the court must look at whether the opportunity that the employer afforded the employee uh, would have led to the employee abusing his or her power, the extent of, to which the wrongful act may have feathered the employer's aims and hence uh, be more likely to have been committed by the employee. Uh, for example, in this particular situation, because Mr. Kumalo was a site manager for the security company, he could have access to this premises at all times. Therefore, it made it easier for him to commit this offense. Uh, the extent to which the wrongful act was the, uh, related to friction, confrontation, or intimacy inherent in the employer's enterprise. Uh, in looking at that, the court, uh, paid a bit more attention to the intimacy inherent in the employer's enterprise. Um, Mr. Kumalo had all access, if I can use that phrase, that he had all access to, to these premises. He could go wherever he wished. And the extent of power conferred on the employee in relation to the victim, um, because of the, the all-access key that Mr. Kumalo had, he, he clearly had a lot of power. And the court then said that uh, if you look at that, if you look at the fact that the employer, that is Stallion Security, enabled Mr. Kumalo to enter and exit uh, this premises without detection or concern on the part of Bidvest, you must remember that as a site manager, the employees of Bidvest will never really pay much attention to Mr. Kumalo. They knew he could pop in at any time. Uh, so nobody really paid much attention to him and nobody really recorded his movements. And the fact that Mr. Kumalo could make unannounced visits to the premises. Now, he could make this during the day, he could make this at night, meaning that Mr. Kumalo could never question, or rather, no one could question Mr. Kumalo's uh, presence on the premises. Uh, the fact that Mr. Kumalo knew that Mr. Van Staden would be working late, uh, that's because of he, he, he frequently made his unannounced visits and he would frequently see Mr. Van Staden. Uh, the fact that he possessed that override key, uh, that override key, because it was not part of the biometric system, he could access the premises and leave without uh, 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 that being recorded. So nobody would know that he had been on the premises. Uh, the special position created a material risk that Mr. Kumalo might abuse his powers. Now, this is what the court said, that because this was a very special position, uh, if one, especially if you consider the issue of this override key, that Mr. Kumalo was aware that his movements were not being monitored. He was aware that he could 
go into the premises and leave without being detected. And because of that position, Mr. Kumalo uh, uh, decided, or rather, what his employer created was was more than a mere opportunity to commit the offence, and this this created an opportunity for him. And based on those reasons, uh, the court felt that it would agree with the High Court's decision that Stalin security should be held liable because it created more than a mere opportunity to Mr. Kumalo for him to commit the offence that he did. Okay. Yeah, it's very uh, interesting. So once again, even though the employer wasn't negligent, just the fact that he created that opportunity, no, uh, created a bigger risk for someone to, to suffer damages as an employer. Um, yeah, the court basically um, found uh, that the employer is liable as well. So if, if that Mr. Kumalo was on leave, um, so let's say in another province or whatever, might have committed a murder, then obviously the employer would not have been liable. No? Uh, so so there, there must be a link between uh, the risk that is created by the employer in this case and, and, and the damages that And the outcome of that. Yes, true. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned leave. Mr. Kumala was actually on sick leave when he committed this offence, uh, but because he still had the override key, he still had access to, 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 to the premises of Bidvest. Uh, that did not assist uh, uh, Stallion security at all. The court said that, you know, him being on leave did not uh, um, reduce his power at all. He still had the power that he had. He could still visit these premises. He still had that security key. Therefore, but coming back to example, if he had been elsewhere and committed an offense, uh, say he, he had dropped a completely different company that had nothing to do with Stallion security, he would have, uh, rather, Stalin security would not have been liable. Okay, yeah. So what do you think? Do you agree? I mean, this uh, is an interesting precedent because it, uh, I guess, to a certain extent, expands the vicarious liability of an employer for the actions of the employee. True, it is a very interesting. In fact, the judge, in delivering this judgment, he did say that uh, this case was problematic. It, it was not without its problems. Uh, it's one of those cases, you know, that leaves a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth because if one, if you put yourself in the shoes of Stalin security, they were doing what they thought was best for their client, that is uh, Bitvest Pavilion. They needed somebody there to supervise the security officers, to make sure the security officers uh, did their jobs, uh, to make sure that the premises were well protected. They would not have thought that it is that person that would eventually abuse his own power. Uh, but that being said, I do agree with the judgment in that if you look at other cases, uh, there's two or three other cases that have, have gone in a similar way in that if an employer creates more than an opportunity, if he puts, uh, for an example, I made an example about uh, a police officer earlier. Uh, there's a case that involved a police officer, a reservist rather, who shot and, and killed uh, his girlfriend. He was in full uniform when he did this, and he had his firearm when he did this, but he had been dropped off to have supper with his girlfriend, and nobody expected what would happen next. He pulled out the, the, the service pistol and shot the woman. The court still found that the minister of police was liable under those circumstances because having armed that uh, a gentleman and having given him the uniform, they had given him the opportunity to create an offense. So in as much as this particular decision leaves that bitter taste in the mouth, one still has to agree with the decision that this is where our law is going in terms of vicarious liability. 
Okay, I guess uh, not uh, very good news for employers. Uh, so what advice can we give employers? Uh, if there are listeners who have a couple of uh, employees working for them, for example, in a factory or uh, in an office or uh, uh, on a farm or, or wherever, uh, you know, those employees might work, um, what can you do as an employer? Well, I think two things. I think the first thing is be careful of the level of power that you give to your employees. Uh, always be mindful that a person may abuse their power. I think we have also seen the news reports about uh, members of the South African National Defense Force. I think uh, uh, when they were deployed, I don't think their, their superiors expected that some of them would, would go beyond the call of duty and, and commit some of the acts that they have. So it shows that sometimes one has to always you know, be careful as to the amount of power you give to your employees. Also, the type of communication, the way you communicate with them in terms of what is it that they can do and what is it that they cannot do. Uh, but one other important thing, I think uh, people need to be insured, especially empl uh, employers. I think you know they need to look at the insurance policies to, to always consider what type of, of risk are you, are you insured against? Because I think this is the type of thing that most people will not consider to be insured against. Um, now I'm not an insurance expert. I'm not too sure if one can take cover to insure against something like this. But I think it's important to speak to the brokers and, and just sort of have cover for incidents that uh, you cannot foresee. Okay, yeah. Thanks, uh, Sepo. Yeah, you, you mentioned the current situation with the lockdown regulations, etc. I, I guess there will be a couple of uh, claims uh, flowing from uh, that as well, based on the actions of the police and, and uh, uh, the army, etc. So uh, yeah, let's uh, see what, what happens uh, there. And, uh, but obviously the principle is also in that respect that uh, the government as such, the state is uh, vicariously liable for the actions of uh, uh, police officers and um, you know uh, soldiers um, that, that act uh, uh, in their capacity as such. No? Uh, so, yeah, I guess there could be a couple of potential claims uh, happening there. All right, that's uh, all we have uh, time uh, for. I uh, hope uh, that the listeners uh, found that one uh, interesting and uh, informative. Uh, thanks, uh, Tsebu.